Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Nate, welcome to the pod, episode 17. I had a blast talking ETFs for you the last few episodes. I just wanted to start today off with, I just need your help. I need some questions and you're the person for me to go bounce these questions and hopefully you can give me some good answers. I don't know what I like to do. I like the sound here. of that. Let's go. All right. Well, actually what I'm doing is I'm going to ask for your opinion and whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do the complete opposite. <laughs> you can go George Costanza, <laughs> just do the yeah. opposite of every instinct you have. And look, people that have listened to the, the show from the beginning, I've never really been a fan of airline stocks, mm-hmm. airlines, car companies. Those are two spaces I've really never wanted to be part of. And I've never really wanted to invest in. And, and you brought up good points. And I'm going to throw in there delivery services um, and share ride services. So Uber, DoorDash, car companies, airlines, I've never wanted a part of them. But just like I've told you in the past, sometimes what makes me good investors, I contradict myself. Sometimes I say I'm not going to buy a stock, then I buy it. One example I have here is United Airlines. Symbol is UAL. Okay. UAL is a stock that never interests me. I never wanted to have any part of UAL as a stock. And when the pandemic hit, and when the pandemic was you know, in full effect in March of 2020, United Airlines was just getting pummeled as a stock. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought two companies during this time frame. And this is why we talk about this on the pod, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's the financial crisis, it's always good to have some cash ready mm-hmm. so that when something happens, you can jump on it and buy the stock. I bought Disney. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And I've always wanted to own Disney. I never saw the right time. Disney went down to 96. I bought it at 96. And here we are. It's trading at one, 180 plus, And I'm, I love it. And I'm glad I did it. Never wanted to own United. United went down in March of 2000. Let's take a look here. To God, actually, in May of 2020 was $19 a share. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the pandemic, and this is me, this is a good example of dollar cost averaging. On March 3rd of 2020, I bought it at $60. Mm-hmm. So it was trading at, we'll just round up to 90, went down to 60. I bought some shares of it. Then it went down to even lower. We, we saw, what did I say? The lowest we went down, it was all the way down to $19 and 92 cents. I actually bought it at $21 a share. Okay? So you got price points of 90, 60, and, and basically 20. That's So I bought it at 90, or excuse me, let me start over. It was trading at 90, pandemic hit, bought it at 60, okay. and then I bought it at 21. Wow. Now my logic was kind of thinking that it's just going to go right back to, to 90, and it could get back down to get back to 90. Mm-hmm. But- I like, uh, there's a lot of other companies I like, whether it's mm-hmm. DPZ, Chipotle, 
Facebook, which I want to talk about. That's my second question I have for you today. Uh, Google, I mean, the list can go on and on. If you gave me a list of 100, I could pick 100 stocks I'd rather own than United. And here I am. I have a not a huge posi posi uh, uh, position in it, but I do have a position in it. One route was I was thinking of selling. And look, I don't want to own it. Mm -hmm. I just don't like United Air. I don't like airline companies. So the first thing I would say is if we're going back in the time machine was to have followed your, your own guidelines about uh, researching and looking for consistent uh, valuation. Airlines are, are a tough one. They've never been consistently profitable since, since they started uh, becoming publicly available. Airlines have been a terrible investment. And I understand it was almost that thing too, where you've done this too, where you see a name and you see it's recognized and you see a big price drop and it's looking like a prime buying opportunity. But if we had rewound the clock, even before this, even in times that are good and the economy is roaring, airlines have still never consistently been profitable with probably the exception of, uh, of Southwest airlines. But well, and that's where, before I get your opinion, that's where I definitely contradicted my values here, where normally I like to see valuation in a stock. I like to see that's generating revenue. I like to see that where the, the prices and the valuation are in, in, in uh, comparison with each other. And United had none of that. And I never wanted to own an airline. And I always wanted to own Disney. I saw the right time I bought it. And I bought Disney first. And I liked the feeling of buying that stock first. And I thought deep down because United and I have no aerospace was at such a discount only because of the pandemic that I thought, oh, I'm going to get the same feeling about buying Disney. Disney's down just because of the pandemic and because that people couldn't go to their parks. And I kind of thought, and this was a mistake. I made a mistake on here, even though I'm profitable and even though I'm up as a whole, because I bought more shares at $20, you know, what did I, what, what would I, wherever I bought it at and the 20, yeah, $20 a share that I thought that because it was just artificially deflated as a price, that this is going to be a great decision. And I regret it. And I wish I didn't do that. And like I said, sometimes I do contradict myself, whether it's buying Facebook when they went public, which that's my second question I have for you. Um, I thought I was going to kind of hit a home run and I have no exit strategy with it. And now I don't know. I'm, hit, I'm holding on to airlines. And to your earlier point, there is no value. They're not profitable. I don't know if they're ever going to become profitable. And now here I am sitting with United Airlines and I don't want to own the stock. I was just thinking too, uh, in analogy terms, that Airlines are very much, and even Buffett I, has been has been guilty of this. He was the one that coined the, uh, I think the, uh, you want to become a millionaire in airline stocks, start off as a billionaire and then buy into airline stocks. So I think he has made this mistake in the 80s. He saw value in him, did it in the 90s, and even more recently he did it and he sold in the in the pandemic. So he's made this mistake at least three times that I can I can think of. But I was also thinking is that there's probably a good silver lining here, a hard, fast rule to make about not just airlines, but companies in general that are that are like this. I can think of at least three times off the top of my head that that United has filed for bankruptcy. They filed for it in the 80s. They filed, filed for it in the 90s. 
and they filed for it again in the in the 2000s. And this is probably like a relationship. If you are dating somebody <laughs> and you break up with them, and I think we've all done this, is like, well, we can work on some stuff, we can fix this, and you get back together. What percentage of the time as a whole does it work out that those same things that were a problem the first go round are not a problem the second go round? Maybe you correct some of those issues and you figure it out, but then there is something else that comes on. Well, and, go ahead, Nate. And then it just, I was going to say it's the same thing. And then if you break up with somebody, you get back together and then you break up again and get back together a third time the chances probably go down even more statistically speaking that the third time around that you've, that you've figured it out, all those things that you thought were problems that you changed the first go round and the second go round. And it's probably just more so that those two people are not a good match and a good fit and need to, to move on. And I would say that airlines are like this. If a company has filed bankruptcy three times, it is very dependent on things that are outside our control, whether it's fuel prices, whether it's recessions or anything in between. But if a company is only profitable when, when the economy is booming or when people have discretionary funds, that's not the type of company that as a long-term investor, somebody should be, be looking for. So I just put that probably in the hard, fast rule. If you have, if you have a bankruptcy or more than one bankruptcy, it's probably just a across the board, don't touch. Well, and here's the thing, and this is, again, I'm, 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 I'm admitting my mistake and flaw here is that I always like to have a list of companies that ones that I do not own, that if something were to happen and there's a, there's a huge decrease in the market, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've got, you know, NVIDIA, uh, Salesforce.com, Ball Corporation, Old Dominion Freight Company, Old D. more <laughs> Google, more Netflix, you know, um, you know, I could go on and on. I guarantee you United Airlines never has been on my list and never will be on my list, regardless of what the outcome is. And here I was literally shiny object in front of me. I see that United's down 30. Remember, they would go down 30% in a day. Mm -hmm. And I literally just saw 30% decrease all because of pandemic. I'm just going to buy it. It was an impulse buy. And the Disney one, I've been wanting to buy Disney for years and I never pulled the trigger and I'm glad I pulled the trigger when I did. And I, again, I never want, you know, things to happen negatively, like pandemic, things like that. I never wish that upon anyone or anything, but, but United, I just was, saw the silver object and I just bought it. And I think I'm already answering the questions. I think I'm just going to sell all my shares and just move on. Well, yes, that is ultimately what is gonna gonna come about this. I mean, you talked about when you had sold GE, when you'd sold Philip Morris, and when you had sold Exxon. I mean, some of those you had the same implications with uh, taxes and other reasoning. But as as I did too, and you helped me with Altria, right? Uh, once you you sell it, you still feel a lot better. And if you're having these conversations of what is it that I should do with this stock, and it is not the answer is not I like holding it, I like the company. I believe in the company, I believe in the product, I feel good about this, then I think the answer is always to cut bait and move on. And you and mentioned now, the list there that you had other stuff too that you like. Well, selling a stock like a GE or a United or a Exxon 
is me selling a, which I, I stand by and I stand by it today is I don't like where they're going to be in 10 years. I don't like, there's no valuation. They don't generate revenue. They're falling apart. Like GE United example, where I've made huge mistakes. And I'm going to call you out last episode. You talked about, you sold McDonald's. And I think the reason why you sold it is because it was a sideways stock essentially, right? It was pretty much stagnant. It wasn't moving. You lost patience, even though the fundamentals were still there and you moved on. I have another mistake. I'm going to just call myself out on, but I learned from it. Okay. If again, United, GE, uh, Exxon, Ultra, all stocks I sold that I just don't think they're going to go anywhere in 10 years. If they go somewhere in 10 years, I can live with that. I actually, back in 2006, I owned Microsoft. And there was a time where most people might not remember this, where Microsoft was the definition of a stagnant sideways stock. It literally was trading around that 25 to $26 range for what felt like ever. And when I was in my twenties, it wasn't moving. I sold it. I had, and I usually don't tell people the amount of shares I had, you know, I had 126 shares at Microsoft that I sold at $26 a share. Those shares are worth $35,000. Yeah. I sold it because it was a stagnant stock that wasn't moving enough for me. And I learned from that. Don't do that. Apple's a good example. We've been talking about Apple and you did that with McDonald's. McDonald's was in that nineties, eighties to 90 day timeframe, which felt like a lifetime. Walmart was in that $55 range for what felt like a lifetime. We could, there's hundreds of them. Apple, we were talking about before Apple's been in that $125 range currently right now. And it's breaking out. It's going to be past 150 by next week. And I made a mistake on that, but I'm never going to make that mistake again. Just because the stock goes sideways, that means that's where you put your head in the sand, you move on, you wait for it to do its thing. And nine times out of 10, it's going to do its thing if you believe in the company. And that was a mistake I made. And United, I'm not selling it because it's stagnant and because it's a sideways stock. I just never wanted to own airlines. And here I am going against my gut and I'm stuck here with airlines and I just want to move, sell it and move on. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Sideways stocks are psychologically challenging, but stocks that just continue to go in the, in the wrong direction. Those are the ones we're probably trying to stay away from airlines. I would definitely put in that category. I mean, you have answered the question. There's no reason to be invested in, in United or airlines. If you don't believe in the company or in the, uh, the industry that it's in. You rattled off names like Microsoft, Disney, Netflix, so Dominion, all companies that you believe in and see a path to profitability or consistent profitability. And uh, this would be a good opportunity, right? I mean, with fractional shares, you can put a little bit in all of them if you're so inclined and still get a bit of a diversification. And uh, like you did with uh, Chipotle, you, you bought back in because you like the company. I think there's room for that with uh, Microsoft too, if you're so inclined, or if you want something else that's in a similar space, whether it's Salesforce. Well, and that's kind of where my second question I have for you. And I, and I think just even this episode, we just might cover these two questions, but I made a purchase. I put in an order. The purchase is probably going to be executed on Monday. And it got me, and I went and did some research because of our ETF conversation. Mm -hmm. 
when we went through the ETF conversations, there's been some stocks that stuck out to me, whether it's Starbucks that was up 11,000%, whether it's um, Amazon that has been up 209,000%. And I wanted to look at the FANG stocks to see what the percentages have been since IPO. And I want to see if there's any stocks that maybe have the ability to have more growth in them. And I'm going to go through that with you and get your thoughts on something. All right. So the FANG stocks are, and a lot of people might think, why do you guys talk about these stocks a lot? And we do is because A, they're the largest stocks out there. B, they're complete monsters. C, I own all of them. Mm -hmm. Facebook, and we're going to talk about them a little bit. FANG is Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. That's five. I own all five of them. I know you don't own Facebook, right? I sold out of my Facebook, yes. And I know we've talked a little bit where I've alluded to that I kind of, eh, there's things I don't like about Facebook. And then on the other pot, I'm like, I actually do like Facebook and I'm buying more Facebook. And let me tell you one of the reasons why I'm buying it. Again, it's contradicting me from probably a couple episodes ago, but I've been diving in and doing more and more research. And let's kind of go through some of the thing stocks. And all I want to talk about is their rate of return from since they went IPO. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to start with Apple, AAPL. I own Apple. I bought it at 96 before they did their 4-1 split. Since, and we can go, really, I'm going to go from, really, let's use 1995 as a benchmark, okay? We're going to go through Apple since 1995 is up 43,000%. Okay? You own Apple, right? I do. You still buying it? Oh, Yeah. Apple is just one of those stalwart ones. Um, I'm probably going to actually cut back on it more recently with my uh, purchases. Again, I'm focusing on the marking cap at uh, at two trillion. I mean, it's only it's only time before it gets to four, but I still think there might be stuff that's quicker. So it will always have a place in my portfolio. But I'm going to not add as much to it here. In I the, agree. Uh, future. Amazon, two hundred six thousand four hundred sixty eight percent. If you put ten thousand dollars in you would have $20,645. Yeah, that's really takes it. The percentage, you kind of get lost. But when you do that number with that, with the, when you put a dollar amount on it, it really becomes clear, right? 10,000 is over $20 million. Of course, the other side of that too, is there's points where Amazon was trading below a dollar. I mean, I think it's gone as low as 79 cents. So at the early phases of e-commerce during the dot-com boom, for as much as it grew there, there was times where it tanked too. And I would have been one of those ones that would have been easily swayed instead of dot-com uh, boom, dot-com bust or whatever, and all the bare cases of why. And this is really, really so much we talk about psychology is understanding what it is that you're investing in and having a clear idea of what you think it could be and not being swayed by, by good news or bad news. Because really at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is it's your money, what you believe in. So, and next I want to talk about Netflix. So we already talked about Apple. It's huge gains since 1995. Amazon, I think we do a lot of stock talk. See if we can stumble across one, but the 206,000% increase mm -hmm. is probably the biggest one we'll ever see. Up next is Netflix. Since it went public in 2002, it's up 45,000%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next that we're coming up, we've got Google. 
Google since it went public is up 4,400%. Okay. So the, the point I'm getting at is I haven't done Facebook yet. So Google's up 4,400%. We've got 45,000% of Netflix. We've got 206,000% in Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Huge, huge, huge gains. Okay. When you look at Facebook, which I did buy when it went public, we're at 792%. The point I'm trying to get at is even if it triples, you know, we're, we're looking at 2,400%. And I still think it can triple that price point. Even if it quadruples, we're looking at 3,200%, you know, losing some rough numbers here. And I think it's got plenty of room to growth with the company. All right. We are, if we're looking at Facebook, you're looking at its trailing 12 month average. They've got $94 billion. That's up with par with what the Apples, the Amazons, the Googles, the Netflixes, they're generating the cash. They're only up 106%. If I were to tell you that in five to 10 years, Facebook would have been up 3,200% since its IPO, you'd buy that, wouldn't you? Um, no pun intended on buy, but you'd, you'd believe that? So I, here's the thing that I, I have a, a problem with, and it's, when Amazon basically has gone up that uh, two hundred and six thousand percent from from twenty from from uh, ten thousand to to twenty million, you can see that growth. But it went public at a very different time with valuations. Its market cap when it went public was something like a, a sub five hundred million dollars. So when you look to go mm. from five hundred million to a billion or yeah, to 1 billion, to 2 billion, 2 billion to four. There's a lot of doubles along with that market cap. Facebook went public at a much higher valuation. So in terms of its percentage of how much it has gone up, it has only gone up, so we'll just call it 900%. But it is already a, it's a little under a billion now, but just for round numbers, we'll call it a billion. Amazon is closer to, to 2 billion. So if you're going to say that, Facebook is a is a four bagger from here that would put it at a a four trillion and I think I was using billions here but I meant trillion so it's one it's a one trillion dollar uh, company and, and Amazon's closer to a two trillion so when we start talking about those doubles now if the stock price is doubling therefore its market cap is doubled by extension so I think that runway for Facebook to get to, from one trillion to two trillion is there but it's probably going to be a, a lot longer because it started it went public at a different time at a much higher valuation whereas amazon was so low those doubles again were easier from 500 million to a billion from 1 billion to 2 billion even amazon now so it's not well, that i'm it trying won't... not to compare it to amazon because that's i mean 206,000 percent or 209,000 percent. i'm more looking at like google's up 4400 percent but again, it was at a much lower market cap when it went. Google is now closer to a $2 trillion company. So again, it's, it's that growth there. If the stock price is going to double, therefore that market cap is going to have to double too. And I see what you're saying. I mean, Facebook technically is $967 billion. So we're going to round up to $1 billion Or a trillion, it, yeah. $1 trillion, excuse me. I'm sorry. $1 trillion 
one trillion times four, we're at trillion. It would have to be at four trillion dollars in market cap for it to be up for for um four to be times. a four four bagger. So it's not that it's not going to get there. It's just the runway that we that we talk about for growth. It's it's going to continue to grow, but this is one where I would actually there's look that at, psychological part. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying you're there. right or I'm, and that's crazy. Is that in five to ten years? One of us is going to be right. And one mm-hmm. of us is going to be wrong on this. Well, here's, here's a closest analogy. And again, it's not a company that, that I own or interested, interested in. But if we're looking at similar companies that are in that space, we can put Google, Facebook in very similar categories as far as basically internet content, whether we want to say it's social media or whatever, they both make a bulk of their money via, via advertising on the internet. And so you have one that's at, trillion dollars and then you have um or excuse me yeah 1.8 trillion and then you have uh facebook that's at uh 976 billion so it's roughly half the size there of of google so get to to get to a double just for it to be a 2x it's going to be the size of what google is now if we look right below what facebook is the next biggest company is snap now this is the company i have no interest in but if you're going to talk about parallels as far as what the companies do i would say snap is even in a closer analogy to what facebook does snap is only a 95 billion dollar company so let's just call it 100 billion the runway for that stock to double to get from 100 to 200 is still a lot shorter than facebook getting from from 976 billion to 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 1.8 trillion now, again, I don't own either of these companies that have interest, but it does make the comparison easier to see. So if we were really going to, if we were to do this, I would say that Snap probably, again, has a better, clearer path to get to, to that double than, than Facebook, or I should say quicker. I, and I, and I, this is what makes this, this pod good is that I think we're on two different sides and Look, and every single metric, Facebook is is undervalued. And I will also say that just looking at uh, Twitter too, these are the type of things where when it, go, when it trickles down to the bottom line, it's not seen. I mean, Twitter is reinvesting every dollar back into the business, which I'm sure Snap is doing. Facebook is very interesting at the point that it went, went public. It was already quite a profitable company. Now they pivoted mm-hmm. and became even more profitable with the monetization of, uh, of mobile. The uh, fact that it's going to get to 4 trillion, I absolutely I can't dispute that either. I think the world is only getting bigger and these companies are only getting bigger along with it. The path of uh, doing it there, I could see it taking a little bit of time. It could potentially be uh, a sideways stock or it can just shoot up. I mean, we talked about um, Apple and, and Microsoft getting to $2 trillion, And I mean, I was blown away by the that that stat that we did. It took uh, Microsoft 33 years to get to, to $1 trillion, And then it, it only took another two years to get to, to $2 trillion. So to that point, Facebook could 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 double right away as well. Well, let's talk about Google a little bit to, to, to kind of, again, just a comparison, Twitter, they're making like two and a half billion. They owe four and a four and a half billion in, in debt. I understand they're trying to become this new company and they're reinvesting the debt. That's fair. Facebook's numbers. I mean, they take Google, 
you know, Google's made a hundred, you know, their gross profit was $106 billion trailing 12 month average. The court last year was 97 billion. And then it was 89 billion. This is why you want to see, right? Mm -hmm. 2018, 77 billion, then 89 billion, 97 billion, 106 billion. Facebook is closer, is close to, they're still, they're, they're still in the same conversation of generating that, that much revenue. And I'm just trying to make people realize how much money Facebook is. I don't know if people can comprehend, think about that. Facebook is generating $79 billion compared to Twitter's $2.4 billion in a trailing 12 month. Think about that for a minute. And, 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 and people actually, to me, sorry, if I'm getting all hot and bothered, people actually compare Facebook to Twitter as a stock. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there's no comparison to me and the apples. And, and that's the thing with these, these companies that just, just generate so much revenue. And I'm actually kind of talking about Google. They're only up 4,400% since they went public, their total debt, $26 billion. They just made 109 billion last quarter. They could pay off that debt. That to me are the companies I want to own. When I look more into the numbers of Facebook and who knows what Facebook could do in five to 10 years, what they could buy. And so that's kind of why I'm more, just more pro Facebook than before. And I bought, put my money where my, or put my money where my mouth is. And I bought Facebook on Friday and that's a pending order that will be executed on Monday. Nate, what can, how can you tell the listeners how they can get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us via email. You can reach us at two buds talk stocks at gmail.com. You can send us a question, feedback, comments, concerns. Let us know if we're doing a good job. Let us know if we're doing a bad job. Same thing goes if you listen to this on a platform that allows you to leave a review. Anything helps. It might help us bump us up in the uh, algorithm and get more listens. You can reach us at Twitter at two buds talk stocks and at Instagram at two buds talk stocks.